What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Mama's Blogging for Biz and Bliss podcast, where we talk about blogging for fun, blogging for biz, and all the bliss in between. I'm Kathy Stoll from Bliss Beyond Naptime. Go on and pour yourself lots and lots of latte, Mama. Kick back and enjoy today's show. Hey, hey there, Mama. Welcome to another episode of Mama's Blogging for Biz and Bliss. Today, we are talking simplicity parenting yourself to Mama Bliss. So, as you know, one of the beauties of becoming a mama is getting to squeeze in a bit of self-help type therapeutic redo, redo, redo of your own childhood. So... As I'm looking back on this journey, I'm noticing that there's bits and pieces I feel I might have been overcompensating um, in terms of becoming a mama, uh, kind of because I felt that hmm, there's a niggling that there is a piece from my own childhood that was missing, um, perhaps overdone, and like overly cooked barbecued wild salmon. <laughs> Nothing makes me sadder than overcooked salmon. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I use the example here of, um, funny enough, I wasn't bottle, I wasn't breastfed as a kid. I, you know, I'm a 70s child and I guess back in those days they were really pushing the bottle on the mamas um, even though they haven't even tried breastfeeding and um or wasn't really super supported because my mom told me that my brother, she tried with my older brother, but it was just too painful. So she quickly gave up. And um, anyway, so I kind of always felt um, a little bit burned in that department. So I totally couldn't help but indulge both my kids and myself uh, with I guess you could call it child-led weaning, but mostly it was mama-led because I was totally fine with it. So we did extended breastfeeding uh, until they were both almost three, I believe. And I actually even tried weaning Edie when she was about a year old. And that was due to um, really getting enchanted with the the Waldorf approach. That's when I started reading up on Waldorf education and Steiner um, pedagogy. And I remember in one of the forums I was part of, they were suggesting you might not want to breastfeed longer than a year because uh, some esoteric reason, because the baby starts uh, taking in your psychic energy. And I'm like, ew, yeah, we don't want that to happen. <laughs> That's a lot of there might be some space gunk in that department. Um, so yeah, so I tried and I remember it was such a, a failed attempt. We were living in a teeny tiny house, not a tiny house, but a pretty small house at the time. And um, I just set up the spare bed in the basement and Craig um, 
was with Edie, we were co-sleeping at that time uh, with both kids. We did that for about three years each. And um, I just heard her crying uh, two nights straight. And I was crying my head off to um, in fetal position downstairs. Um, and yeah, I think the reason is because she sensed I didn't have that conviction. I didn't really want to give up that relationship. And, um, yeah, so I just surrendered to, oh, well, she's going to get some of my psychic discharge, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that is my advice to those who are trying to wean their kid. If you're not ready to, you're going to have to really want to in order for it to go smooth, I think. Otherwise you're gonna have to really kind of like, um, take some extreme (laughs) action. Um, so yeah, so kids pick up on wishy-washiness, I guess, is my point. And, um, and I really felt there was some healing going on for myself. There was this, this connection that I really felt made up for, um, what I wasn't, I wasn't able to experience. So, you know, it's all super personal. Um, I'm sure some other people don't care. I just, for some reason that was really kind of important to me. Um, so yeah, so I remember, um, with my son when he turned, around three, it was so smooth because I never really had any issue with it. I just felt, I remember thinking, okay, I know he's my last kid. I'm going to get so sentimental about the weaning process, uh, but it wasn't too bad. Um, and it was pretty simple. Um, I think for me, the motivation then was, um, just, I wanted to go away on a trip. So I'm like, I better like wean him before I go. And I did the old, I am going over to, you know, my girlfriend Jose's for a sleepover. And then it just, it turned into a lie after that. Um, I remember him saying, are you going to Jose's tonight? I'm like, yeah, going to Jose's again. But really I was staying in the guest room. <laughs> so, and that was around the time that we got our beloved little dachshund angel right around um, my youngest's uh, third birthday and he was my wiener dog get it weaning and uh, another reason I wanted to get him to I I wanted a dog but I thought um, that the nursing relationship was really a a beautiful part of my own uh, rhythm that supported my mama bliss because it gave me permission to sit down on the couch and just be with my kids. So I felt getting a wiener dog gave me an opportunity uh, to sit on the couch and just have a warm body on my lap again and just remind me to take a pause. And um, it kind of works both ways. That little guy, my dog, he um, get, encourages me to get off the my butt as well to take him for a walk. So yeah, and for the overdone bit, my own um, healing with my own um, parenting style today in terms of how I was raised, uh, I use the example of the food, uh, even though both my parents come from exotic places, like my mom's from Peru, my dad from Hungary. Again, I was a 70s kid, they were kind of big into the processed foods, Um, like at dinner we would have a selection of pops and I guess that's a Canadian thing to call it pops. Um, I guess in America, you call it sugar water or carbonated drinks. So you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and I would always rec- you know, request, can I have a glass of milk instead? I just never had a sweet tooth. I still don't. Um, for breakfast, we would have tang, you know, that orange drink that the astronauts would drink. Um, and... I was so kind of turned off of processed foods. I um, remember going to Peru to visit relatives and uh, I said something like, I I love that 
drink you get that actually tastes like orange and it's made from oranges. And my grandfather uh, would come in um, the day after our plane landed and with this giant bag like Santa Claus full of oranges and they would make me um, fresh squeeze orange juice. See what a little princessita I was as a kid. Uh, yeah, I was a Pope loving little kid. And um, yeah, so that just, I think, again, overcompensating how I'm raising my kids. I am s- rarely do we have processed foods. Um, you know, I'm really into just whole foods, whole foods, keeping it organic and low sugar. That's just my thing. And everyone has their thing. But I really am um, just stoked about um, this opportunity to be a parent is really cool. You get to like kind of have a redo. You kind of want to see how things are different and what you want to pass along and what you want to do different. So of course, um, you know, my parents did do a few things right. And as we all need to remember, and I hope my children will remember, um, you know, if there is some areas of them being miffed at me for whatever reason, it all comes from a place of love. And my mom has even confessed to me that, and this kind of surprised me because I cannot imagine, but she did pick up a parenting book herself. A good old, again, 70s reference, Dr. Spock. I would love to read that, actually. I don't know why I haven't yet, but I just got the idea. I am going to see what the heck he had to say. Um, But looking back, I can sense she did mostly lean on her own upbringing. And that is, the essence of it is what I pass on to my kids, that, um, they know they're well loved, but I am not going to be sitting there um, just being that type of parent of like playing with them down the floor. Um, that is something specifically I passed on from my mom. Um, she spent her days um, in her own world of bliss, which was sewing. And uh, my brothers and I amused ourselves with these really hilarious made up games that kind of surf it up surface up to my psyche once in a while to amuse me Um, and it's really it just tickles me when I see my my two kids um, entertaining themselves in kind of goofy interesting ways Um, but yes so inherently my mom was just keeping us safe and holding safe for each one of us Um, she did and both my parents actually um, kind of foster that environment that we can bloom into the unique individuals that we are and it's so wild hey how Siblings can be so different. Same parents, me and my two brothers, but we're all just so crazy um, unique uh, from each other. So for a few years before, I remember before giving birth, um, okay, so my first baby happened, (laughs) happened. I gave birth for the first time when I was 33. So I remember leading up to that in my mid to late 20s, early 30s, I would have this like incredibly realistic, detailed, vivid dream of giving birth. And it was so real um, and visceral that I would wake up just like, whoa, I just, (laughs) some of them were kind of funny. Okay, I'll quickly tell you this one. And me and these other women, and I think they were women I knew at the time. I can't remember who they were now. Uh, but we were sitting in a circle, and we were all sitting in lazy chairs, like those kinds that is a single-person seater. And it has like a kind of almost like a like a, a brake, handbrake on, and you would pull on it. And we all took turns pulling on it, and it would like kick your feet up in the air. We would give birth <laughs> right there. 
<laughs> and then after a baby was born, we would just come back up to up sitting and hold our babies and then like watch our other friends give birth. So that was one. And then I had another one that was kind of even crazier. I gave birth to a puppy or litter maybe. And then there was a magazine at the time too. What's it called? Ad, Ad, AdSense? What's that? AdBusters. AdBusters. And I saw um, a digital image of a part human, part dog creature nursing all these part human, part dog puppies. And I'm like, oh my God, that is my dream again. So that was really kind of disturbing. But anyways, um, so it was, it felt like my lineage of ancestors who gave birth, like my grandma gave birth to my mom and my grandmother's mom and her mom and her mom and her mom were giving this really intense prenatal class and reminding me uh, that I come from a long line of birthers. And as like my mom likes to say, Jugati Gonzalez heaps, we speak them out. Um, so don't stress it. And what I need to know all about to pull this birthing business off was to trust, breathe, and remove the distractions. And um, if you head over to um, my website at blissbeyondnaptime.com, and this post is going to be called Simplicity Parenting Mama Bliss, um, there is a image I shared of the poster I had um, when I was birthing ED, and it's one of those Nikki McClure um, posters of, uh, what do you call it, um, block prints. Um, and she has these beautiful words. And this one is trust. And I love it because it is a mama quite pregnant, dipping her toes in the ocean. Uh, the word trust. And I loved it too because I had a haircut just like her. She's wearing a snorkel, diving into the ocean of motherhood. And that's exactly how I felt. Like um, she has a snorkel and a mask. So it's almost like my ancestors were my snorkel. <laughs> I should have named Edie Snorkel. Anyways. And then as I entered mamahood, that forever trimester, I had a similar inner body experience when I read this book, Simplicity Parenting by Kim John Payne, because the principles that he outlined in there reminded me of the vibe that was kind of going on when I was growing up in some ways, uh, just how my parents were really big on rituals and boundaries and also just allowing my brothers and I um, just that free reign to explore our environment and not keeping it too, not too stimulating. Uh, so it was really cool because um, I also felt these cravings to um, provide this sort of uh, growing experience for my kids. Um, even like when I got pregnant, I just had this big craving and I was being a bit of a uh, kind of like whatever the opposite a diva is <laughs> like well no not I guess I was being a bit of a diva but I was just very clear I'm like okay I just really don't want too much plastic I don't want any toys that are battery operated um, if you're gonna get us toys like not to be snooty but can you please we request like wooden like natural fibers etc and I think I was driving everyone crazy and then I got to read this book and it, it captured kind of almost the scientific reasoning behind it. So that was really exciting. Um, so yeah, so I was having to communicate that I did appreciate the gesture, but I just didn't have the capacity within me to deal with 
these giant hunks of plastic baby toys. And, you know, the gesture was so sweet. I totally get it. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I don't want that in our teeny tiny home at the time. Very minimalist. We, both Craig and I, um, weren't hoarders. We were the opposite of hoarders. Um, and I also became extremely sensitive to smells and fragrances in uh, baby clothes. So um, I was just, I remember when Edie was born and then my son, that scent of the top of the head of a newborn. It's just, ah, oh, yeah, I don't know. It's like that, um, it's like what heaven must smell like and it slowly fades. So I just would love, I would carry my kids in like um, baby carriers in front of me and I would just like keep my nose just hovering over the top of their heads and just snort them basically. Um, yeah, and before I read the book, I was just observing I had this inclination to stay close to home. And if I left the house, I felt super frazzled, rushed. And I was not um, not very attractive because I would be kind of like, oh, my God, not, <laughs> not good. And uh, in fact, I just had such a craving. Uh, remember when, when Kale was born to be in the house. And I remember I'm like, you know what, since, you know, we haven't left yet, I think I'm going to go for 40 days. Like, just make it kind of symbolic. And we actually did leave the house on day 40 to go to my friend's skating party. And all of a sudden, we were walking towards the car. This is when we had a big kind of driveway. And I'm like, the snowflakes started coming down, these really big snowflakes. And they were like whacking him in the face. Like, this is this just won't do. Let's let's go for 50. So we ended up staying in the house for 50 days. Um, yeah, and I was very sensitive to noise. Um, I was just really craving space and stillness. And also, I just was joking I kept saying oh my god with every baby I have I just feel like I lose decision making skills so yeah this book has been awesome it um kind of it kind of again explained why I was so sensitive it's that mama bear instinct kicking in and protecting our children from the muchness that is our modern lives um so I felt very everything was quite quantified that I was expressing uh that I was experiencing and expressing and I wasn't just trying to be difficult and of course it might come across as being neurotic to some and I had the neighbor uh tell my husband uh who was always watching us with binoculars by the way uh with me not leaving the house uh he actually said that just ain't right so um yeah he thought I was crazy but sometimes crazies a gift and Kim John Payne who wrote the book calls these crazies quirks which is way cuter so I'm gonna call myself quirky so quirks are those sweet gifts and something special that each child is born with and if you have more than one kid you can definitely um, pinpoint their quirks so um, what they express whenever they're overtired or um you know, there is um, a season of transition that they're experiencing and it kind of comes off as, you know, um, on the verge of a meltdown or if they're contending with a challenge. Um, But often um, these quirks are often um, very innocently caused by just too much stuff around them. Again, the well-meaning, let's, you know, lavish our kids with a special treat of toys or, you know, the grandparents come. Um, and again, even like really benign gifts such as clothes, uh, books, it's just too much. Um, the food, having too much processed foods or, 
or spices that are just overwhelming, uh, too much information, so screen time with gadgets, or even, again, innocent, like the radio going on. So this can really aggravate their quirkiness, and it can come across as behavioral issues at the time. So how I'm going to link this in with Simplicity um, Feeding Mama Bliss is that by applying the principles outlined in Simplicity Parenting, I have noticed that not only were my kids' quirks kind of kept at bay and they would um, regress down to being their usual adorable selves, but the same thing to me. I wasn't feeling as panicked, rushed, hurried as what um, society's expectations were often causing me to feel when I was trying to kind of keep up with the Joneses in terms of signing up my kid for the Suzuki method music classes or um, I never went there but even like you know where we were living out in the boonies there's a really strong soccer culture there we never got into it and, and a part of it was just I just sense that that would just be too much and knowing your kids of course too so um, this really um, influenced not only uh, more simplicity in our lives, not only for my kids' sake, but also because it bought me time and energy to create this work that I do uh, and the environment to do it without much interruptions from the kids because they know how to um, entertain themselves. Um, I'm not having to drive them around everywhere. Um, and they're just like really, for the most part, easygoing kiddos. So, yeah, and they're pretty pleasant to be around. And I find myself, too, if I can get stick with my rhythm, too, of going to bed uh, before those sweet slumber hours of 10 in, at night to 2 in the morning, I am way more easier to be around with and more focused and present. So, um, yeah, and again, I'm able to shine a light on my own personal priorities, such as the self-care, but also the creativity bit, which is luckily for me, my work, but also on my, um, my Sabbath days, uh, my creative expression with my art, gardening, um, just every mundane aspect of my life, just really putting that extra creative flair into it. Okay, so this is really um, allowing me to do my work as a co-captain of this ship called Our Family, as well as my Mama Biz boss hat. I can do it more efficiently because I have embraced these principles. So these four areas of simplicity uh, or simplifying um, is, for instance, by simplifying our environment. Um, as a family, we have less stuff to clean, less stuff to keep track of or organize, um, put away, fight over, worry about, etc. And, you know, I remember my mom critiquing, um, just kind of like feeling sorry for my kids that they didn't have many toys because um, I heard my daughter <laughs> laughing with my mom. And I remember poking my head in the room going, oh, what's so funny in here? My mom's like, oh, she's laughing because this block, like one of those wooden blocks is falling off my knees. And she finds it funny. And my mom thought it was so sad because she's like, there's nothing here to laugh about except a block. And I'm like, how awesome is that? Like, <laughs> it's so simple. Anyways, um, I'll get to the proof is in the pudding part here shortly. Uh, but yeah, so by having less stuff around, um, kids, they're, they're able to take responsible responsibility for their belongings. And that results in more 
less cluttered environment and it gets them it kind of forces them to become more imaginative so that they can entertain themselves in interesting and deliciously and safely out of my hair kind of way for an hour or so and as they get older it's just way more move uh, more, way more time to enjoy in that way um, by simplifying our family rhythm and what I mean by that is just really um Like I can't even remember a night, honestly, that we haven't had dinner. Um, Lucky for us, my husband, we both work from home, so it's pretty easy to enforce this. But, you know, we have dinner no later than 6 o'clock. We wake up at the same time every day, regardless if it's summer holidays or not. Um, We go to bed a little later now that it's summer, just because it stays late until 10 o'clock at night here. Um, A little later, but um, this is predictable pulse point in the days In our weeks, um, we go to the beach in the summer. We're recording right now in summer, uh, like around 3 o'clock, just because it's quite hot still. Um, Sunday's the bath. We have our pancakes. So just really embracing that rhythm uh, allows me, again, the pulse points for me to say, okay, guys, I am working until lunch, which is always at noon. And then we'll go to the beach at 3 after we run some errands and you guys help me, you know, clean up or have a play date or something. So yes, so it allows us to be productive, but also surrender to the natural occurring lulls in there. And by simplifying our schedule, meaning um, how schedule is different than rhythm. So schedule is something that you would actually put onto your calendar. Um, So that involves less driving around. So with kids, like I said, we aren't doing the team sports with my youngest until he's much older he's only eight so maybe when he's 12 we'll look at that and I totally get it like many of my close friends are really into sports and it's a beautiful way uh, for their family to have that shared time together because they're very they're all very passionate about it but my husband and I we were just not sporty spices and that's okay um so yeah but you know they are allowed to pick activities like right now my daughter is turning into a very uh, what do you call it? A theater brat. <laughs> she's really into like performing. Uh, so she's part of the local youth theater dancing. And my son, he just discovered skateboarding. Um, so he's taking lessons on Saturday. And luckily we live by the skate park. And for me, even myself, um, I try not to fill up my calendar too much, even though I get very excited about taking different dance classes. Um, Okay, and then finally, the fourth area of simplifying is filtering. And what Kim John Payne means by this is um, being very mindful of what's coming into our homes in terms of media and messages. So this one's a powerful for one for me um, because one of my challenges of becoming a mom has been uh, a little bit of anxiety and a lot of it was triggered through the fear that perpetuates in the media. So time of this recording, I'm much better now, but I was getting a little bit like, oh dear, because summer and there's a lot of forest around us and a lot of forest fires and we had to turn off the radio again. I noticed when my anxiety creeps up, it's largely due to news reports. So we were listening to more um, my LPs um, and... I noticed with my kids too, they have almost like an allergic reaction to screen time. So um, sometimes, you know, not very Waldorf-y, but they are privy to a little bit of Netflix. You know, if I have a interview or a call, um, if I feel that, you know, it's okay now because 
they've been out and about. Let's have some downtime. Uh, but if it's too much, like I draw their attention. I'm like, look, I think you're watching too many movies. You're acting kind of crazy now. Let's, um, I think you're having a little bit of allergic reaction. <laughs> doesn't always go over very well, but you know, that's how I look at these things. See, I'm allergic myself to drama. Like seriously, I get sick, but anyways, <laughs> for them um so yeah so by simplifying or filtering um is a, is a fun way to okay how can we celebrate our own family's values instead of what is kind of getting force fed to us in terms of media and advertising so that's another thing to look out for if you have tv in the home commercials and um yeah there's so many layers to that okay so i'm talking about simplicity parenting because it has just really heavily lends itself to um, my creation of the Mama Bliss coaching approach uh, because this is what I was feeling intuitively when I was really swimming into this ocean I dipped my toe into and then finally immersed myself fully in called um, motherhood. Uh, but was I swimming it, just realizing this is part of not only my mothering experience but also uh, part of my human experience. And um, simplicity is definitely... Um, just reminds me that we just need to peel off the layers to really access um, what are um, either our own inner wisdom or perhaps it, it even is um, those ancestors of our or really like seriously like, yeah my point with the whole birthing story uh, too I was really blessed I had two beautiful births home births with my kids and it was just like how I imagined it to be, how those dreams like was very like muscle memory almost. So that was pretty powerful. So yeah, and here's when I come to the proof is in the pudding part. Um, recording this uh, fresh from having this really impromptu visit from a high school buddy of mine last night. And not to brag or anything, but I'm, my heart just about exploded because she brought her, her new boyfriend. Well, not that new, like they've been together for five years. Um, but you know, I haven't met him yet cause I haven't seen her for five years. And, um, uh, he came up to me and he took me aside and he was like, I just have to tell you, like your kids are exceptional. They're, they're so polite. They're so very helpful. You know, I saw how, you know, they help clear the table and, um, and, and I saw like my daughter, like she's, she's like my husband, like she doesn't say much, but when she does, it's so entertaining and interesting. <laughs> in my heart I was just so proud so I'm not saying um you know if you it's because of this book by any means and you know to be honest uh I was pretty lucky that he caught my kids on a good day (laughs) but um what I do what I do hope you take away from this is if we can um lean on that barometer of when we witnessing our kids if they are having like frequent like meltdowns or as Kim John Payne calls soul fevers when um, there's something up and you can tell because you know as each kid is so unique like you know same parents and all but such unique personalities um, even when they are off however subtle it might look like on the outside um, it's very unique to each situation so um, if we can just observe how our kids are doing and just support them and often uh, a very simple ha ha way to support them is by inviting these four areas of simplifying into their into their lives and the beautiful side effect from that is um, mama bliss gets enhanced too it just allows um, for your own bliss to unfold in a beautiful way too 
So that's why I have decided to re-release a Simplicity Parenting e-course on Teachable platform at a more accessible price. So now you can get it at the slowly growing Bliss Beyond App Time eCourse Library. Uh, it's only $47. So if you head over there um, and you can head over to Bliss Beyond Nap Time and click on the nav bar and eCourses, uh, you can check it out. But also you get a sneak peek into one of the lessons, and that's the lesson is on soul fever so it just talks a little bit more about soul fever and also offers a meditation that you can practice and it helped me a lot uh, to contend when you see your kiddo on the verge of a meltdown and then it offers a real beautiful um, reminder to just to allow some compassion to hold some compassion there for them um, before we decide to implement a plan in our days to take off one of those layers of complexity basically of noise in our our life or some busyness so go on and check it out again it's not going to tell you how to parent instead i'm just going to be encourage you to check out these principles and embrace even just like a little tiny fraction of it into your days like just see if you can simplify even by a nugget uh, each of the four areas and um, we're just going to be looking at the book in a fun way um so I created the e-course actually like I think five or six years ago. So you'll see my kids in some of the videos they helped me make just kind of outlining some of the principles and they're pretty cute. And um, so it's like a book club, but with me as your wacky, chatty, Kathy God, because you can see I chat a lot, chatty Kathy, and I'll hold your hand through the speed bumps of finding your bliss while navigating the sometimes complex task of introducing little innocent beings into this beautiful but complex world okay so i hope you enjoyed this and again check it out over at blissbeyondnaptime.com and i will talk to you next time sweet mama thanks for listening don't want to miss an episode then be sure to subscribe at itunes and while you're at it why not leave a review another way not to miss a bit of bliss is to subscribe to my newsletter over at blissbeyondnaptime.com. Lots of freebies there to choose from that will get you on that list and will support you on your blogging for biz dreams. Until next time, Mama, keep on blogging on. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.